So hello, this is another episode of Techman Talks Dynamics. I'm here with George Murcott today. George is our tax VAT specialist here at uh, Techman. I'm James Crowder, should have introduced myself, sorry. Um, and we're going to talk a little bit about the changes that have happened around Brexit as a very topical conversation uh, this morning. George, welcome. Hi, thank you. So um, you've been working frantically, I think, over the last, uh, well, uh, the last couple of weeks since January 1, but also a long period before that. Um, so what what's this Brexit thing then? How has it affected the Dynamics Business Central users and, and, and what have you seen so far? I think people actually, because the Brexit process began so long ago, so back in the, the vote originally in 2016, people seem to have a bit of fatigue about the whole process at one point as well because we had the sort of the false starts of um, Theresa May trying to get us the actual the exit deal and then we were all worried about a no deal Brexit. I was going to say the politicians didn't help that did they really I mean they couldn't make their mind up so why should we Um, you've got to have some sympathy for people. Absolutely I mean our customers have been up against it trying to find out the relevant facts and actually the, the, the facts change over those years as well because information that was correct put out there by HMRC for example back in 2018-2019 got revised in some cases completely withdrawn as we drew to the end of the transition period so people may have bookmarked and done their research and found out what they need to do to have it change completely so we ended up running our, our webinars for customers pretty much every two weeks for the three-month period in the run-up to the end of the transition period, just to try and give people a, a synthesis of... Uh, uh, and the they, were the most, they were the most popular ones we've ever done, right? We had hundreds of people through, I think, by the, by the conclusion of it. I mean, oh, it, yes. you, you know, it was, uh, we had to repeat them because people couldn't get a seat, even on a webinar, and that's, that's pretty special. Yeah, I was, I was hitting 60 plus attendees on some of them and some companies attending twice because they understood that it was a changing situation because of the delays. Again, back to the politicians, they didn't get the free trade agreement sorted early enough. That delayed things like talking about Ireland situation, Northern Ireland specifically. And because they knew it was, a, in effect, a moving situation, some, some joined in twice and tried to get the very latest information that we could bring together for them. So it was a busy time, yes. And and we've put out a lot of information. I mean, we've got a whole section on our website, I think, that that refers to uh, changes required for Brexit, right? Yes, we, we decided to create a, a portal for preparing for EU Brexit, as we called it, as a, a separate subsection of the website to give people access to the webinar that we recorded so they could review it. Because let's face it, they're listening to me for two hours talk about Brexit and VAT. So if they can stay awake through that, it's a bit of a challenge. But Don't do they- yourself down, George. <laughs> listening to anybody about Brexit and VAT for two hours is pretty much going to put most people to sleep. I actually felt sorry for them. By the end of you know, by the end of it, it grew to about two hours ten minutes, and they're listening to me for that long talk about this topic. But it meant they could re re watch the webinar, and it meant we could also share the published resources, which again we updated quite regularly. But we put together PDF documents on things like how the new posting setup could look in Dynamics Nav or Business Central. We put together a booklet on how to deal with their open documents when we hit the actual transition period. We put together one towards the last towards the end of the process about services and how they might um, be changing or not changing as the route 
as, as things proceeded. So we were just trying to share things so people could dip in almost sort of on demand as well, rather than just have to book time with us because it got so busy. They were so busy because they're dealing with a global pandemic as well as a delayed Brexit situation. And we're busy because of the questions. So it meant they've got a one a one-stop shop for them. And and if you look at the core finance piece, right, this is probably the biggest change to their VAT setup, VAT statement, et cetera, et cetera, that they've had since they put Dynamics in. Is that fair to fair to say? Actually, MTD, Making Tax Digital, did us a bit of a help there because that's probably the biggest change they had to get over. And because I've been having chats with people about their VAT posting setup and their VAT statement, they kind of, I wouldn't say they were comfortable, but they knew we'd need to do this kind of work because of what we'd had to do for making tax digital. So when we came to the Brexit changes, a lot of them still wanted a bit of help, but were kind of forewarned about what we'd need to do. And and if if you're out there and you're using Business Central and you're importing or exporting to Europe, there's changes you should have made by now. That's, am I right in saying that? Absolutely. I mean, we've we've left the EU's VAT regime. So the system set up previously, if you're doing purchasing from the EU, it's going to be using a reverse charge process. It's going to be popping figures into boxes two and four and doing other things in your VAT statement that it shouldn't be doing anymore. Um, and if you're a reclaim, this is going to put sort of figures that will make HMRC start to take notice potentially. So you might want to just make sure you are doing things in the right boxes. Um, but more before in- you get to the end of your VAT quarter, you, you know, there might be actually by now, there might be a few journals you need to do and um, yes. uh, to put things right. So uh, was the web address of, of, uh, of that portal? Um, because I, I think a few people might need to, to go and have a look through that. So the link is, it's, it's www.techman.co.uk forward slash Brexit. Well, that's pretty straightforward. And there's loads of other links then to other material that will help uh, both justify what we're saying. We, sh- we should probably say that we're not, um, uh, you know, liable for any <laughs> advice that we give. It's best endeavours basis. We're trying to get things right for customers. Um, we've, we've spent a lot, you've spent a, an awful lot of time and effort uh, putting this together and getting this right. But um, please, please check out what we're saying. Yes, quite specifically, all the way through, we've mentioned we're, we're putting ourselves forward as a, assistance within your system rather than claiming any particular VAT qualification at any point or customs import-export qualifications. What we're doing is synthesising the advice that's out there from HMRC, the gov.uk site, and some of the VAT specialists are out there who've been working with our actual customers. Um, whilst there's no commercial relationship, we've found a couple of our customers have been working with particular accountancy firms who are mentioned in these materials who have been very helpful, who've had their own Brexit portals, who have put information out there free of charge to anybody that it starts them on, on the right pathway. Um, there's yeah. On that Brexit portal, we link into our blogs as well. They're just worth a quick mention because we've continued this after the end of the transition period. So there's two Brexit two Brexit-themed blog posts so far, already released in January, trying to mop up, basically, trying to go, look, things are still clarifying, coming to light. Here's some points you may not have taken into account of yet. And they'll find those on the same link. So um, great point, because um, I think that, uh, you know, from, from my perspective on this, what I've seen so far is that that there's still um, people are still working out exactly what's required 
um, particularly the shipping agents, the carriers, uh, freight forwarders, um, and therefore everybody is kind of scrambling around to try and get it right and, and asking for different information before they'll take a shipment to a particular place and, uh, and so on. Um, so, uh, you know, this, this is not, um, this was not all done on January 1st. This is a moving target a little bit, isn't it? Well, yes, we've also got, we've got the lack of international shipping containers, the backlogs at Felixstowe that were there before Brexit even began to happen on top of the global pandemic. There's people are up against a range of things as well as some confusion in various parts about exactly what's now required to get goods across the border because whoever you talk to, you can get a different interpretation. And yeah, and some of that stuff, uh, you know, those containers were shipped from the Far East, expected to be in the UK well before this all occurred. And because of the delays, suddenly the the, the right paperwork's got to come up, uh, be produced to get those through customs and into the UK ports, right? Yes, I mean, we were talking to customers saying, look at your supply chain and try and bring things forward to avoid a, a, a problem <laughs> of delays during Brexit. And it yeah. happened well in advance anyway. But Partly that was easier said than done, wasn't it? Really, I yes. mean, you've got to, you've got to, uh, you've got to say that people were trying, but it wasn't always happening. So, I mean, you know, that's the other aspect. You've got the core finance, the changes to your VAT setup, etc., etc., that you need to do. But um, import and export documentation seems to be a big topic with this. I've heard the the term commercial invoice more in the last um, six weeks than I've heard it in twenty two years of my career. Yes, there's a whole conversation away from finance and VAT, thankfully, that businesses need to be having with different people in the company that do different roles. For example, knowing the INCO terms, the, the trading terms that you're trading on, so you then know if you're responsible for getting this good, the goods out of the, the country and importing into the other territory. And those INCO terms, to an extent, there's been a concern in some companies about clarifying the terms they're trading on with their customers so they know what they're up against. They know whether they're going to be expected to actually complete both the export and the import if they're trading X works or delivering delivering duty paid. For example, there's different responsibilities that the business takes on and different administrative costs and an actual cost potentially. They might end up, the concern for some was they might end up having to register in other EU VAT jurisdictions. They might have to register for VAT in France if they were particularly um, responsible for the importation into France, for example. So there's, there's specialist areas that are worth looking into, but there's also just clarifying with the people you work with. What are our terms of trade? What are these INCO terms? That Even that's not simple because it's not called INCO terms in NAV or Business Central. It's called a shipment method code. So we've, we've had to sort of show people where's this being stored in the system and what does it do? And that kind of clarification seems to have helped, but it's the business getting getting its, its master data in check so it knows what are the EORI, EORI numbers, the ORIs, that they will become crucial to completing your customs documentation. And when we get into talk about Northern Ireland, sort of the, the XI EORI numbers, the XI VAT reg numbers, that's... That's the current thing that's causing huge confusion, I believe, because people are aware there's these XI numbers, but not necessarily exactly who needs to be using them. Um, and it might be one that we can look at uh, in, a, in a future call, perhaps, for a bit more detail for people. Hey, we, I, I mean, you know, uh, Techman got caught by this. Uh, we, last Friday, tried to ship um, some goods across to Northern Ireland, actually to a new employee that we've got uh, 
that's joining us over in Belfast there. And, um, you know, uh, we were a bit stumped by the fact that we didn't know the tariff number for a hoodie, um, let alone a monitor and, uh, and, and a docking station and a laptop and the other things that we try and send new employees when they, uh, when they have to start up remotely these days. So, um, co- consequently, the courier that we normally use, um, uh, FedEx refused to take the shipment. Um, so we had to turn that around and, and, you put together a commercial invoice, even for shipment to an employee. So it wasn't a, a customer or, or a sale, or, you know, no, no, no value. Um, but we had to have the documentation to prove that. We now have the situation of Northern Ireland having a dual status. Northern Ireland has one foot in the EU still, whilst still being part of the United Kingdom. And we have a customs border down the Irish Sea, and we have different rules for Northern Ireland that uh, I, I suspect there's a degree of overreaction on some freight forwarders in terms of what they're asking for. But I think in two months' time, we'll have a bit more clarity of exactly what needs to be done. But at the moment, people are still trying to piece their way through what's expected of different, different types of shipment. On the, um, you know, on the clever side, George, you know, we have uh, clever shipment integration and, and what that does is send electronic messages direct from BC to particular courier so that you don't have to type it all into their website when you want to dispatch. And, um, so, uh, I've had some responsibility for that over the last uh, few months and, you know, the information via these things called APIs, which is how we talk to the couriers, um, the information that they've been asking for, for people like FedEx, UPS, DPD, DHL, um, you know, could go on. So, so fairly substantial organisations. That's been changing, um, dare I say, day by day. And, uh, and they're all different, which is slightly confusing because you'd think, you know, if they were getting it right, then the information that they'd require to ship stuff to Ireland, Southern Ireland, let alone Northern Ireland, would be consistent. Um, but they all are... Um, it seems like, uh, you know, in a little bit of uh, panic mode and, and, and just saying, and, and actually um, we've seen a couple of them actually refuse. I think DPD at the moment is, is actually refusing to ship uh, goods to uh, quite a few countries on the basis that they're going to wait uh, till they get it right because they're having some consignments refused and others with exactly the same information are going through. So there's no, uh, you know, I think it's the authorities also have got some confusion here about what exactly is required um, and everybody needs to line up. This will settle down, but it's taking a bit of time, isn't it? Yeah, I think the freight forwarders in particular are so concerned about having their shipments delayed at customs, they're moving the point where it's been rejected or delayed to our customer's door and they're just not taking things unless they're 100% sure that it's going to go through. It's worrying though, if people, if the experts aren't in agreement on what's required, then the rest of us are kind of <laughs> struggling to keep up with that and it, it needs to stabilise soon. Again, I've got some sympathy for the freight forwarders because, I mean, you know, Felixstowe, Southampton, the different ports, um, uh, because of the congestion they saw in in October, November, which you know again made international news, that they've levied quite considerable uh, port charges if your container is stuck in the port, um, and and so if you get your container to that port and can't get it through customs, you know. <laughs> The freight forwarder, I suppose, is going to be liable for the for the port charges on that uh, container. So you know they're they're trying not to uh, to get the problem in the port. They're trying to keep the problem away from the ports, um, and they're doing that by being ultra careful 
to make sure it will go through that port faultlessly. So you you can see this from every side, can't you? Um, but it doesn't help. The freight forwarders also, a number of those did have their own dedicated Brexit portals on their website and were being very specific about what exactly they thought they would need. So there's there's information out there, even if it's not necessarily consistent. I think the key is to talk to your particular freight forwarder, find out the latest um, take on what they want from you and be be sure to comply with exactly what they say they need from you. I think the you know the other thing that um, people can do to get ahead of this, they can start collecting ARRI numbers from customers and vendors um, that they're going to transact with. Um, you know, being able to list those on the paperwork, um, even if they're not you're not cross charging or whatever, um, is really useful. They can go through all of their items and set the tariff codes correctly if they're not already there. They can set a gross weight. If it's not already there, you know, that's um, that's key pieces of information for the commercial invoice. Um, you can get your commercial invoice laid out because there will be countries in the world there, electronic trade documents aren't uh, permitted. Um, so, you know, some countries are going to insist on an actual uh, original copy, even if it's a PDF that's uploaded um, to the, the freight forwarder rather than actually a piece of paper in the box. Um, so get that prepared, get that laid out, get on that process if you haven't already. Yes, I think a lot of our customers were were pretty um, pretty on the money in terms of getting their systems reviewed and bought into the idea of it. it sh- this shouldn't fall to one person. It shouldn't just be the, the one person from finance that's attending the webinar that we're running. It should be spread across the team. So the relevant people in purchasing, for example, are reviewing the, the INCO terms or reviewing the commodity codes that are in use. And then other people are aware of why this data actually matters. Because if they don't communicate internally why it matters, then there's less chance of people actually using the right piece of data at the right time. Completely. You know, from a sales perspective, you set a customer up, um, yeah, there's a, there's a particular set of uh, postcodes which are Belfast, um, in which case the region should now be set to um, uh, XI or, or NI, depending on what you want to do. Um, you know, what, what you've set up a new country. Um, it's very rare, actually. The country list has been pretty good to date. But uh, first time in my experience, we're setting up a new country stroke region. And the region is the important bit um, in the country table uh, and setting that and making sure that if you create a customer in that uh, with those postcodes, that's uh, that's the region code that's set against it. So that, you know, that'll pick up uh, and start driving uh, things like the back posting groups and all the rest of the whole whole way through. There are some areas where customers may have also missed out on a, a potential benefit. If it sounds sounds strange to say, there's a there's a cash flow benefit for some of them. Okay, tell us more. Come on. The import VAT rules. So there are some customers out there who are used to export importing from um, the rest of the world and are therefore very used to having the C79, their import VAT certificate. They're used to using a deferment account. So they basically have a, a sum for the import VAT that's due taken a month later, and they claim it back in the VAT return. The new rules actually apply to both EU and non-EU imports. So all those customers that were originally using their deferment account and handing over a sum of money to reclaim it at the end of the quarter don't have to. 
the new postponed VAT accounting rules, you can get a monthly statement from HMRC, and you, as long as you tell them at the point of import that you wish to use this as a different payment method, you don't actually pay over any money because you handle it through your VAT statement at the end of the period, the month or the quarter. You put the amount you owe them in box one, and you put the amount you're reclaiming the same figure in box four. So there's a cash flow boost there, deliberately designed that way by the, the British government to assist those companies, because that's one thing they were able to do. So you're, if you're bringing in from the Far East or from the US or whatever, in effect, you get, you get a benefit there. Is that yes. right? Exactly that. They won't have to actually pay the import VAT at all up front to reclaim it. So therefore, they're gaining that cash for, what, three months, potentially? They are handling it through the VAT return. No, no net effect in their balance sheet at all. Superb. Well, there had to be, um, you know, that, what's the old saying? It's, a, it's an ill wind that uh, blows nobody any good. So it's, it's nice to hear that somebody is actually getting something uh, for all this disruption. So... Um, Ongoing basis, George. Um, uh, just to just to sum up, um, you know what? Obviously, keep the keep um, keep your eye on our portal um, that we talked about www.techman.co.uk forward slash Brexit um, because any new information you find out will be posted up there. I'm guessing. Absolutely. We're we're using the blog posts and we're using that portal to make sure we're keeping people. Um, in, informed of whatever we think may have just been clarified or might be under under people's radar and then try and make sure they're aware of it. One example for, for, for quick note is the, the fact that HMRC have put out a new VAT reg number checker. So originally it was an EU service. UK businesses are no longer in that EU VAT reg number checker service. So there's a separate link that you can use from HMRC to check UK VAT registered businesses. That's the kind of thing we're trying to make sure practical help. People are aware of. Okay. And and, and probably the second uh, kind of thing is to make sure your master data is as up to date as you can possibly get it. Fill in any gaps that you have for key pieces of data, uh, tariff codes, ARI numbers, etc., VAT numbers, etc. Correct? Yes, it's worth mentioning that the Microsoft released um, a cumulative update, the January 2021 release, includes things like fields to store your own EORI number. It includes the supplementary VAT reg number on the company information. It includes a field to store EORI numbers for the customers and vendors on their respective card pages. So you've got um, Microsoft taking the right steps so for SaaS customers, it'll be there already so that they've got the fields to store this kind of mass data that is now increasingly crucial. And actually for other customers where we've done a customization to add that pieces of information, um, you know, we were, we were a little quicker with some of those customizations than Microsoft was, let's just put it that way. The January update I thought was a little bit late, um, but there we go. Um, you know, so we, we'll have to organize to migrate that information across to the right place, to the official place, I guess, um, when the when the next upgrade comes through for those customers. Yeah, I think from what I've seen, we've put it in the same place virtually. Yeah, it, well, it was a logical place to put it. It just, if I have a moan about Microsoft, it wasn't there quite quick enough. Um, uh, they took a little bit of nagging to to actually uh, jump off the fence and commit themselves to what they needed to do, which uh, which was a shame. But but there we go. Um, I've got, to, got to be fair there. They were quicker than with NTD groups, at least. Yes, yes. Um, it, it was vaguely on time for the SaaS customers, at least. But 
there, there we go. Um, so th- third thing is, is probably short, um, you know, talk to your shipping agent, um, courier company, uh, however you get goods to and from uh, either vendors or customers. Um, you really need to be close to those guys and ask them what they want. I'll stick a, a plug in for clever shipping agent integration. You know, that, that, um, the reason we've put so much time and effort into that for, for the last 12 months now is, is actually because we saw this coming and, and realized that there was an awful lot of information that you were going to, uh, be posting across from, uh, business central into different portals and so on if, if we weren't careful. And therefore getting that direct link can be extremely useful where it's actually no extra work other than what you'd previously done once that master data set up. So another aspect we've seen is where you're selling to consumers and those consumers, um, you know, usual thing is that, you know, you're giving uh, refunds um, and people are returning goods. Um, so uh, it's become very common. You only need to have a teenage daughter and you'll realise how much that happens. And so, but actually, if you do that across borders now, that's considerably harder because the return documentation needs to have things like tariff codes, et cetera, on it uh, and weights, gross weights of the product. So, um, you know, including a return uh, document in the box is becoming really critical. Dynamics can produce that for you as part of the delivery note for those just those consumer customers. You don't have to send it to everybody. And, you know, we should look at that return document and make sure it's got the right information for them to quickly and easily get that back through customs. Otherwise, that inventory could potentially have a much longer delay coming back, which isn't going to be good for it. It means it's not available for sale, etc. So there's more and more of this that, that we're discovering, um, you know, thinking through the real implications of what happens uh, as time goes by. And um, it's good to, good to do. We, we, we will get through this and, and, and at the final side soon. Absolutely. I, th- I think it's worth kind of underpinning this, like we said at the start, if you're at all unsure on the treatments that you need to achieve in your system for the, the VAT postings, then take some specialist advice, um, particularly if you are trading direct to consumers in the EU, because that's perhaps one of the risk factors. If you were using the distance selling regulations, you can't anymore. You're now outside the EU. And I think we'll find some companies who might have had the kind that are mainly business to business, but actually have the occasional business to consumer transaction. So you're going to need a bit more advice in those particular situations just to get yourself some reassurance of, of how certain things should be treated. And I, I, I'd finally wrap it up by saying, you know, probably don't be scared of this. I, I think it's a real shame to see organisations like, uh, you know, our colleague Ryan was talking about, which is, have just refused to take the order. Um, okay, this is going to take a little bit of time to get right, but with Dynamics, we've got the right tool set to, to automate this and to make it straightforward. Um, you know, we need to know what to do but actually then making it do it is not, um, you know, do, doesn't worry me particularly, uh, maybe a little bit biased, but um, I, I, I don't walk away from those customers and those markets just because, um, you know, it, it, the fear of the unknown. Let's get the known clarified what we actually need to do. I'm sure that will come out in the next few weeks. I'd be really shocked if HMRC and, and all the other organisations uh, are, are too draconian in the short term 
um, because um, you know I, I think they'll I, I think the uh, the 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 transition period actually the, the, there was a, a period that the EU have actually proposed today. Um, I saw on the news this morning that, that the ratification of the treaty is not going through Europe quite as quickly as they thought. So actually, it's going out to the end of March um, before that's actually ratified. So I think we've still got a little bit of go, little bit of time to go on change on this yet. Um, and uh, you know, once we once we get there, once we ratified, this is going to be one of those things like a lot of other crises that we've seen in in kind of business systems over the years. I'm old enough to remember year 2000. We had a lot of work to do then. We got through it, you know, and, and nobody talks about that since. Um, I think this is going to be another one where we will get through it and and you know, get the systems right. And then um, in six months' time, probably everybody will be saying, well, I don't know what the fuss was about. Would you agree with that? Yes. As soon as we can get back to smooth trading with not needing to talk about that all the time and separate rules and just being clarified and just get on with buying and selling and, and running the business systems. So thank you, George. Um, I, I think thank you for all of the work that you've done over the last six, nine months on this. I think it's been uh, spectacular. You've certainly kept all your colleagues in the loop and an awful lot of customers as well. Um Somebody had to take the lead. Sorry, you got the short straw. We'll try and find uh, a different, um, you know, victim, shall I say, uh, next time something big like Brexit comes along. Will there be another time? I hope not. Um, but who knows? Um, uh, but uh, yeah, really, gr- really great effort. And uh, lot- I know there's been lots of thanks from a lot of our customers for the for the stuff that you put out. Um, so I'll, I'll add to that. Yeah, thank you. The customers, they've been really positive, actually, because they appreciate the assistance that we as a, as a team are giving them because they're aware that we've got developers and account managers and we've, we've been very focused as a business to support them and it seems to be um, rightly appreciated. So that's good to hear. So thank you, everybody. Um, look, don't delay any longer. If you haven't done anything about Brexit yet, get in touch quickly because um, time is of the essence here. We need to get some of those changes to your finance system done ASAP and we need to work out what other changes you need to do. Don't let your business suffer. Uh, Don't regret it later on. Uh, Get on this now, please. Give us a call if you need to. Thank you. Thank you, George. Thank you.